This audio podcast is from the River Church in Fort Worth, Texas. We hope God uses it to encourage and grow your relationship with Christ. For more information about the River Church, visit us online at theriverdfw.com or facebook.com backslash theriverdfw. Well, good morning, River Church. Anybody else just feeling a little overwhelmed with how blessed we are, huh? Anybody? Can I get an amen? Amen. I know I'm making you guys talk back to me a lot, but I love it, man. I want to hear it, man. God's good. Amen? If you don't believe it, say no. I'm just kidding. You know, we, won't, we won't kick you out. We won't kick you out. So we are continuing in our dialogue series this morning, our series on prayer. Um, before we jump into that, though, there's two things I, I want to tell you about and ask you about. Um, mainly, I usually do these announcements at the end, but I realize nobody listens to me at the end because they've already listened to me for like 30 minutes. So they're tired of listening to me. So they just kind of shut me out, which I understand. My wife does that all the time. So um, <laughs> um, anyway, so two quick things. One. I'm doing a research project, okay? So I need your help. Um, I want you on your communication card that you had this morning, and if you did not get one, they are outside on the table as you walk in. So if you didn't get handed one or you forgot to grab one, I want you to, to grab one of those and write down three questions or answer three questions for me today. The first question, go ahead and throw those up there, Tyler. The first thing I want you to answer is, what's a topic you would like to hear talked about? Number two, what's a question you have about the Bible? And number three, uh, what is maybe your favorite sermon series uh, or, or message that we've done as a church uh, over your time attending? And, and really, I'm just doing some research. It would really help me out if you would fill those out. I, I want to, basically, I'm trying to learn how to serve you um, better and, and just be a better pastor to you. So if you could, if you could fill that out for me, throw that in the basket. And if you end up filling one after church, just put that, uh, hand that in at the Welcome Center where you got your coffee and donuts. Uh, or the resource center. We have a lot of books that you can uh, take and, and uh, just some great resources for you, okay? So do that. Second thing, second announcement this morning is we have 10 for 1 coming up. Y'all give it up for 10 for 1. Come on. All right. If you... <laughs> uh, <laughs> yay. So what 10 for 1 is, if you're not familiar with it, uh, is a Sunday that we've kind of done the last few years where for every person here, we as a church, we don't ask you for money, but we as a church out of our budget give $10 towards a fund that we have here at Whitley Road Elementary School. Okay, it's a really cool project. And what that is for, what they use that for are different ways to bless, gift and help out the teachers. And so basically it goes towards lots of coffee, lots of donuts, lots of parties. Uh, I think there were books bought, there were resources bought. There's all as a matter of fact, uh, we did this last year and we were able to bless them so much that this year they had a back to school luncheon and they're able to use the money that we blessed them with last year to pay for the luncheon for back to school for teachers. How awesome is that? How awesome is that? Yeah, y'all can clap for that. And so the, the reason we do this is there's, there's a lot of monies that are allotted to go towards the students and help bless the students, but there's nothing really allotted for teachers. And so we, as a, as a church that gets to meet in the school, why don't we try to bless them a little bit, right? And so we kind of have this fund where we're just going to pour as much money into it as we can to just bless the teachers. So on September the 8th, there we go. Thank you, Joel. Yeah, the snack fund, party fund, supply fund, coffee and drink. So on September the 8th, for every person here, we're putting $10 towards that fund. I think we raised about $2,500 last year, which is awesome. So let's beat that. You want to beat that? You want to beat that? Yeah. All right. So let's, yeah, yeah I'm glad one person wants to. All right. So we're going to beat that. It's going to be awesome. Get you, I, you know, the, the joke, hide your friends, hide your wife. Like we're going to get your friends, get your wife, bring them to church. Right. It's going to be an awesome Sunday. Okay. And also it's, it's just as a plug. It's a really easy invite. 
right? So if you have somebody you've been wanting to invite to church, somebody you've been wanting to bring along with you, it's an easy invite. Hey, if you come, you're worth $10 a day. May not be much worth much else any other day, but today you'll be worth $10, all right? So let's bless the school. Let's have an awesome day, all right? All right, are we ready to hear some preaching? All right, yeah. All right, so in our dialogue series, week one, if you were here, we talked about the tabernacle prayer, which was basically the tabernacle was a mobile church that they would set up, worship God, break it down, carry along with them as they were traveling through Egypt on their way to the promised land, which is pretty much what we are, right? Set up, break down, set up, break down, worship Jesus. It's awesome. And in the tabernacle, there were several different things that were kind of designed to lead you to worship, lead you to pray. And so that first week, we walked through the tabernacle. We talked about every different item in the tabernacle and how it was designed to lead us to worship and how we could incorporate that into our prayer life. Last week, if you were here, we talked about these types of powerful prayers that we see in the scriptures. These times where we pray these prayers and God, and it's not like an incantation, but just these moments where we've seen God move in powerful ways. One was in a persistent prayer, the person who's persistent in their prayer. They just don't give up. They just keep praying, keep praying. We see God move. A second one was a prayer done uh, in groups of people where you have numbers of people come together and they pray for one, one purpose, one mind, one focus, and we see God move in these powerful ways. The third place we looked at was these moments of prayer in, in pain and pressure where life's hard, life's difficult. There's this pressure on us, there's this pain, and in our pain we cry out to God, which oftentimes become our most purest and honest prayers with God and how he moves. And maybe we don't get the answer we always want. Maybe it's not always what we want to hear, but it's in these moments that we experience God in some incredibly powerful ways. We see him move in some incredibly powerful ways. And so this week, we're kind of moving along, tracking with that. And this week, we're going to talk about um, what's going to be maybe the most practical uh, Sunday in this series. Um, we're going to talk about really how to take these. We got the tabernacle prayer. We got these powerful prayers. But how do I take prayer and just incorporate it into my everyday life, right? Like as some of us, if you're like me and we're honest, we're like, yeah, those powerful prayers are pretty awesome, but I got to just pray, man. <laughs> like I just got to learn to pray. And so today we're going to talk about really how to take prayer and just incorporate it into our everyday life. And one you know, one thing I don't want us to get twisted here as we talk about prayers, sometimes we begin to think about prayer and see it only as kind of this situation where all prayer is to us is when we come to God and ask him for stuff, right? Like the genie in the bottle type prayers. Anybody prayed some of those before? Me a lot, honestly. Yeah, if I'm honest, right? And, but that's not what prayer is like. Like, it's not like, it's not like the story that I heard the other day it was about there's this, this bus and they were driving down the road and there's about 10 people in it. And if we're honest, they weren't the most attractive people in the bus. Can I say that in church? Is that to be, can I be honest? Um, they weren't the most attractive people in the bus and, and they, they saw on the side of the road this, uh, uh, this little lamp. And so they pulled over and said, what is that? And they picked up this lamp and out of nowhere, you will not believe this a genie came out of that lamp. Wow. Can you just imagine? And anyways, this genie popped out and said to this, these 10 people that were traveling this bus who weren't the most attractive people, he said, man, I am so thankful that you have set me free. I'm going to give each one of you one wish. And so the first person said, well, man, I, I want to be beautiful. I want to be 
gorgeous. I want to be like a supermodel. The genie snapped his fingers and said, boom, this, this guy was just, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio, right? That's where he came from, you know, that's easy to know. And so then the next person, man, I want to be even better looking than that person. And that person was Brad Pitt. And then said, man, I'll, next person, I want to be even better than, better looking than that person. That person was Michael Gerald. And then it just kept going <laughs> down the line and down the line. And as the genie's moving, he gets, there's this one guy at the end of the line and he just starts laughing and laughing. And, and genie's saying, that's kind of weird that he's laughing. But one by one, each person's going, I want to be better looking than that person, better looking than that person. And it gets to the last guy and he is just like rolling on the ground, dying. And the genie goes, what's so funny? He goes, my wish is that they were all ugly again. <laughs> <laughs> that's not prayer, okay? When we talk about prayer, that's not what we mean. It's not just a God who just snaps his fingers and gives us whatever we want. Because if we were honest, if God gave us everything we wanted and asked for, things would go really poorly for us. Right? Right? And so that, we're, that's, that's not what prayer is. Life would be a mess if that's what prayer is. What prayer is, prayer is a gift. Prayer is a gift. It's not an incantation. It's not a genie in a bottle. It's not somebody that we just come to who grants our every wish in an emergency situation and we just move on out of here. Prayer is this beautiful thing that we as Christians have where we have a creator who we just sang about created the stars and the sky who we get to come to in moments, speak to, pray to, talk to, and this beautiful creator who in his love and grace will listen to us, will speak back, will hear our request. And if we're lucky, we even experience him in our prayers. Prayer is so much more than a wish list from a genie in a lamp. It's these moments, these gifts that are given to us by the Creator where we get to experience Him, meet Him, feel Him, where we get to interact with the supernatural. It's a place where we get to come in and we have an opportunity to touch heaven for a moment. It's a chance to experience the divine. It's amazing. There's this verse in scripture that I love, and it's kind of, you, anybody, you ever heard anybody say, that's my life verse? That's my life verse. No? Okay. Well, anyways, this is the thing that people say. And so they'll say, that's my life verse. And this is a good one, okay? So if you're looking for a new life verse, maybe your old one lets you down. This is a good one. And maybe you've never had one before. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. And this is, this is one of those verses, I joke about saying it's a life verse, because it's one of those verses that kind of God sets up in the scriptures that says, this is how I want your life to play out. This is kind of what I want the structure of your life to be. He says, verse 16, rejoice always, pray constantly, give thanks in everything, for this is God's will for you. That means it's his desire for you. It's his design for you. Rejoice always, pray constantly, give thanks in everything. This is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. I love that. Rejoice always, be thankful regardless of circumstances. Always be thankful. And I've actually, I've been reading through Paul's epistles this week and, and just, I saw this verse and so that kind of stuck out to me. So I was paying more, more attention and the, I cannot tell you how much of a theme thankfulness is in scriptures. It's amazing, just gratefulness and thankfulness. It's in everything. Like when Paul talks about treating, you know, your work, be thankful. Your family, be thankful. Like every, it just touches everything. And so I'm going to do a series on it because it's so, 
It's just so intertwined into everything in the scriptures, this idea of thankfulness and gratefulness. But he says, rejoice always, be thankful regardless of circumstances, pray constantly. There's this quote by a guy named Smith Wigglesworth. What a name, huh? What a name, Smith Wigglesworth. Try that one out. He says this, he says, I never pray more than 20 minutes, but I never go more than 20 minutes without praying. The first time I heard that quote, you know what I thought? Liar. <laughs> There's no way. But then, as I've, you know, gotten old and wise, old and wise, God's begun to change the way I think about prayer a little bit. Because I used to think only one way really... Uh, that there's only really one way to do prayer, only one way you could experience prayer. And, and, and so today I want to talk about a couple different ways that we can pray um, on our own. I know there's more, but, but there's two. There's one that we often think of, or the one I used to think of, was just the only the organized prayer, right? Like the 6 a.m. wake-up call. You know what I'm talking about? Six o'clock, that's what I gotta pray. Gotta get up at six, gotta pray or not pray. There's that, there's that prayer time at the end of church. So there's these organized moments of prayer. But then there's this other way that God has been kind of waking me up to the effectiveness over and more and more, which is that spontaneous prayer. You know what I'm talking about? Like that, that prayer, like I'm in the car on the way to work and I decide I'm gonna pray for my meeting today. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray pray for whatever's going on at, at work today. It's kind of this spontaneous, this constant prayer that you can pray throughout your day that keeps you connected with God. And so as I was fleshing out this, this series and fleshing out this sermon, I began to come up with this thought, like, what if we as Christians didn't think prayer was only the 6 a.m. wake-up call, and if I don't do that, I missed it, but we actually considered prayer and thought of prayer as a constant connection to the Creator, a constant connection to the Creator. What if we had this idea that before I do anything else, I pray? Like, I don't know, a good motto might be pray first. Before I, in the morning when I wake up, I say a prayer. Before I have a meeting at work, I say a prayer. As I'm dropping the kids off at school, I pray for the kids to have a good day at school. Maybe what if we thought of prayer as something that just kind of was a part of our lives and through every situation, we just it's a way for us to bring God into these different situations to saturate all the areas of our lives. So it wasn't a one-time thing, but it was throughout our entire day. I, I read a book about this uh, a, a couple years ago where he's talking about saturating our lives with prayer. And so I, I begin to try this and practice it. And so when I'd go to a lunch meeting or a coffee meeting, on the way there, I would just start to pray for that person. I'd pray for that meeting. So odds are, if you've had coffee or lunch with me, I've probably prayed for you at that point. But there's these little moments, these little prayers throughout the day that can keep us constantly connected to the Creator. What if we created this disciplined life of prayer that made our natural go-to response to be prayer? Like, they say that you should have triggers in your life. So, like, if you want to be a runner, you should take your running shoes and set them next to the door. So when you see them, you're like, oh, I want to run. Or, or maybe, oh, no, I don't want to run, right? Like, oh, no, that's a terrible idea, right? That's my response to running shoes, right? But what if we had these things that triggered in our hearts and our our hearts and our minds? Ooh, I'm, it's time to pray. Ooh, ooh, I want to I want to pray. And in that, in doing that, it keeps us constantly connected to Jesus throughout our day. John fifteen four and five says this. It's a, it's a verse about being connected. Remain in me, and I in you. Just as a branch is unable to produce fruit by itself unless it remains on the vine, so neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit. 
because you can do nothing without me. Now, these verses are about salvation. They're about a lot more than just prayer. But there is this constant theme of being connected to the creator and in that producing fruit. And this matters for us as Christians because authentic Christianity is not just checking the Jesus box. It's it's not just checking the Jesus box saying, oh, I did it. Authentic Christianity is this life where we stay connected to him, where, where God saturates every single area of our life. And in that, we bear fruit. There's only, like this is a, like a theme in nature, you know? Staying connected to the vine and then that bearing fruit. And if we want to bear fruit as Christians, we got to stay constantly connected. The only place I've really seen where this didn't work out, where I've seen this law of nature broken, was Katie's grandmother. And what I mean by this is she, she was pretty famous. She was like a master gardener. Do we have any master gardeners in the house? I am not. You know, they say you have a green thumb. I have a kill it thumb. You know, it, it dies if I touch it. And so anyways, she used to keep, the, the joke was, she would keep a bag with a wet paper towel in her purse. Do you know what that was for? Some of you, yeah, some of you guys know. So what she would do is she would keep that in her purse, and anywhere she was at, whether it was Lowe's or Home Depot, she would steal, and she would, or somebody's house or a restaurant. It wasn't technically stealing. She would walk up, and she would just kind of back up to it. That's what this is what they told me. I never saw this. She'd back up to it and just kind of stick her fingers in between and just pinch off a little leaf, stick it in the bag, put it in the purse, and then she would go home, and then she would somehow bring that sucker back to life. Like, she would disconnect that thing from the vine and then bring it to life, baby. So she was not just a master gardener. She was a master thief, right? So <laughs> I'm just kidding, Katie. I don't, I don't really think that. So maybe she didn't need to stay connected to the, to the vine, but the rest of us do. And I think this idea of constant prayer in our lives will help us stay connected. And so, so if you're taking notes, the first thing we gotta do, man, if you wanna stay, pray constantly, if you want that to be in your life, the first thing I would say is you need to take it into your everyday life. Not, not just in the mornings and then you forget about it or, or you think about, it, man, I should have prayed, but I forgot, but make prayer a part of your everyday life. So how do we do that? Well, number two, if I'm just gonna be honest with you, you gotta make it a priority, man. If you don't prioritize it, it's not going to matter, right? Here's what we learn is truth, is that order communicates priority. There's a reason why God says, I want your first fruits and not your last fruits. He says, I want the first of what I give you, not the last of what I get you, because order communicates priority. So why is Sunday? Why do we have it at the beginning of the week? You're with order. You're communicating priority to the rest of your week. God comes first. At the beginning of my week, I'm going to step into Sunday service. I'm going to worship Jesus. I'm going to praise Jesus. And that's going to, by that, that's going to affect and communicate to the rest of my week what is important to me. The order in which we do things communicates priority to the rest of our lives. Do you understand what I'm saying? we got to communicate priority in prayer. One way we need to do that, one way we can do that is make appointments with God and keep them. And keep them. My dad um, is awesome. He's actually going to be speaking here at the river soon, which I'm really excited about. Um, he, he, he's a smart man. He's a smart man. So he has on his calendar or in his phone, he has an alarm because my, my mom's a teacher. And so she has an off period every day. And so during her off period, he has an alarm set and it will go off. And whenever that alarm rings, he calls my mom or texts my mom to check in on her, see how she's doing, right? And not only does it give him like husband of the year, but it keeps him out of the doghouse. You know what I'm saying? Like it's awesome. What's he doing in that? 
He loves her. He cares about her. He's communicating to her that she is priority by setting an appointment and keeping it faithfully. So how do we pray constantly? Man, set some appointments, communicate, priority, make it happen. If you want to stay connected to the vine, make it a priority. Pray first. I would encourage you this week, set a, make a seven-day challenge. See if you like it. Uh, make prayer a priority. Stay connected. Maybe maybe what you do is you set a few timers on your phone. Like, let's let me get just real practical. Set a few timers on your phone. 8 a.m. in the morning, you wake up. God, help me. Have a good day. Please. <laughs> you just pray, God, I pray for a good day. I pray that I'd be faithful to you today. I pray that I would work diligently today. God, I pray that you would walk with me today. I pray that you would help me honor you today. I pray that you'd help me glorify you today. Maybe you set a timer at, at, at 12 o'clock. Hey, it's lunchtime. I'm, <laughs> I'm real tempted to be tired, just mailing the rest of the day at work. God, help me to love people well, serve people well, work hard at my job. God, help me to stay connected, right? Maybe you set a timer at five o'clock as you're headed home. God, help me to not take work home. Help me to love my family, serve my family, be good to my family, have quality time with my family today. Help me to show you or show my family you and me, right? Maybe you set those timers on your phone and when they ding, they're just a reminder, like those shoes next to the door that, hey, it's time to pray. Let's saturate my entire life with prayer and see if you stay connected to the vine. And you know what I bet will happen if you do this for a week, two weeks, I bet you can start deleting the timers. You know what? My dad's forgetful. He has to keep the timer for my mom, okay? But maybe you can start, maybe you can start deleting the timers, right? Now it, be, it becomes automatic. Get up in the morning. What do you do? Pray first. Pray first. Hey, you're headed to a meeting. What do you do? Pray first. Hey, it's lunchtime. I, I'm about to start the rest of my day. What do I do? Oh, it's time to go home. I'm about to head home to the kids. Oh my goodness, what do I do? Yeah, yeah. I heard a preacher tell a story one time about how he pulled into the driveway, saw the kids looking through the window and just backed out slowly, hoping nobody could see him, right? <laughs> It's time to pray first. Jesus, help me. Y'all are laughing because you know it's true. <laughs> and then it'll start seeping into every other area of your life. You know it? Before you spend money on that big thing, you'll go, God, I need to pray first about this. How about this? This sounds crazy, but as you tithe and give your money to God in response, it becomes worship. God, thank you so much for what you've given me. Prayer becomes our natural reaction first before the Cowboys game. Lord, help me not to cuss in front of my kids. <laughs> that's not for me, but that's for somebody in here, right? But we have to set it as a priority. Pray first, and that will communicate to the rest of our day. Number two, I would say this, you need to, or maybe this is three, you need to have a place of prayer, a place of prayer. And, and now I know this is kind of saturating your whole day, but maybe you have these moments where you have these special places that you go to to pray. We see Jesus, he actually had some specific places he liked to go pray. Mark one thirty-five. we see one of those. It says, very early in the morning while it was still dark, he got up and went out and made his way to a deserted place. He was praying there. I think that in all of our lives, we have these mo these places, maybe it's in your house or maybe it's at work or maybe it's your car, but we have these places where we just seem to hear a little bit clearer. You know what I'm talking about? We have these spaces where we can just, I don't know what it is, the, the you know, like the, the, the antennas are better or there's less distractions or whatever, but we have these places where it's just easier to connect to Jesus. I would encourage you to find that place and just go. And some of it, maybe you just don't have that place. Maybe your life is like mine. It is crazy and hectic, and you ain't got a choice. It can still work. I, I hope I'm not embarrassing you, Kate. I'm telling stories about your mom and, or your grandma and everybody, but 
there's often so many times I come in from home in the mornings or whatever it is, and it is crazy in my house. Judah's running around screaming. Gideon's like jumping up and down watching TV, Jesus educational TV, right? But he's watching TV, and Katie's sitting on the couch journaling and, and reading the Bible, right? Even in the chaos, we can find a place where we can connect to Jesus. I've had some over my life. One was when I worked at Starbucks. I had to be there at 4 o'clock in the morning. So by the time my uh, my first break would hit, it'd be just after sunrise. And so I'd go sit out on the patio, and I'd just breathe it in, man. It was just a beautiful place where I could connect. I had When I was in college, I had a park that I would go to. I didn't tell nobody about And I would just go. I'd sit on the bench, and I would just, when I needed to, just find clarity and experience Jesus. Find a place, and that can become a sacred place for you. That can become a special place for you. Not a, not a burden for, oh, i got to pray. No, no, a place you look forward to going to and experiencing Jesus. Why? Because it's not some dummy wish list. It is a chance to experience and hear from the Creator. And finally, I'd say this, have a plan of prayer. Luke 11.1, he was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Just as John also taught his disciples, and you know, a couple of weeks ago we talked about the tabernacle prayer, and if you missed that, go back and listen to it. It's a great plan of prayer. Some ways, if maybe you're stuck in your prayer life, you can see, you can worship and thank God for the cross, and you just walk through it, and it just kind of guides you, a kind of a guided prayer. Um, but it doesn't even have to be that. I have a journal that I just keep things written in. I know I keep telling you all this, but I just keep things written in that I'm praying for. And it helps, it reminds me, right? So whenever I, you know, if, whenever I, God answers a prayer, I get to worship God because, man, you, you answered that prayer. And when I forget what I'm praying about, if you've experienced this in prayer, you're like, Jesus, thank you. I'm so thankful for my wife. And man, what, what time do the Cowboys play? Um, and then, oh yeah, my kids, my two kids, God, I'm thankful for my two kids, God. Um, uh, and then, oh man, what's for dinner? I'm so, right. You have you ever experienced that? Am I the only one, right? Am I the only one? But in that, if you write it down, you have this plan, then you go back, you go, I'm praying for that next, I'm praying for that next, I'm praying for that next. So have a plan of prayer. And finally, this isn't in your notes, but I would encourage you to write this down. In prayer, focus on connecting with the Creator. Focus on connecting with the Creator, not just getting your answers. I know that... I don't mean that to sound harsh or anything, but that's, that's this constant story that I need to remind myself of. Focus on connecting with the Creator, not just getting answers for the stuff you want. Because sometimes what happens, if you're like me, is we're too busy talking over God to hear what He's trying to tell us. And we're too busy telling Him what we need when He's trying to transform us and teach us and grow us. And so in your life of prayer, in your saturated life of prayer, because I believe y'all are going to go do this, I do. Focus it not just on getting answers, but focus on connecting with Jesus. There's a verse in 2 Corinthians that's such a cool verse. It's kind of a final blessing that Paul's saying. and He says, greet one another with a holy kiss. All the saints greet, greet you. We're going to leave out the holy kiss, okay? <laughs> that doesn't. I used to use that as a teenage pickup line when I was, you know, the scriptures say, greet each other with a holy kiss. It never worked until I met Katie. And then it says, <laughs> this was a real spiritual moment. And I just ruined it. Greet each one another with a holy kiss, and all the saints greet you. Verse 13, he says, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, 
and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Paul's identified here some attributes of God that he wants us to experience. He says, I want you to experience the grace of Jesus. I want you to experience the love of God. I want you to experience the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. I believe we can experience those three things in prayer. Fellowship of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit walking with us here on earth, guiding us, speaking to us, correcting us, giving us spiritual gifts, our counselor. I pray this morning that you experience the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Grace, because in grace, the Bible says in Hebrews 4, 15 and 16, we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we were. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence that we may receive mercy and find grace. Grace in our prayers, because we have a God who understands our pain, understands our weakness, understands our trials, understands our suffering. And in our suffering, he walks beside us. In our darkest days, he comes beside us. And he's not the God who's ahead of us in our pain saying, hey, figure it out and catch up. But he's a God who walks with us and offers us grace and hope and peace. That in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, it says, My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in your weakness. And as we come to him in our weakness in prayer, that he strengthens us, strengthens us, that we see his power in our weakness, that we experience his grace in prayer. And I love that. The love of God. In some places that translates to, check this out, the extravagant love of God. How cool is that? that in prayer we could experience the extravagant love of God. Psalm 103 says, The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sin deserves. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. He does not treat us as our sin deserves deserves or repay us according to our iniquities for those who fear him as far as the, he is the east is from the west so far he has removed our transgressions from us as a father has compassion on his children so the lord has compassion on those who fear him he is abounding and extravagant love and in prayer when we come to him in prayer and we focus on experiencing the creator connecting to the Creator, we can experience that abounding, extravagant love. God is so good, isn't He? He's so kind to us. He's a God who not only loves, but is the very definition of love. And my hope is this morning that as we pray, as you take these things we're talking about in this prayer series, series and you take them out, that, that, that you would pray to God and that you would experience uh, that you would experience the grace of Jesus, that you would experience the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, that you would experience the love of God. And I, I pray and I hope that you would experience that even today. I, I keep saying this. I don't want you to experience these things someday. I want you to experience those things today. 
that in prayer you would have these sweet, sweet moments where you would see, where you would hear, where you would feel God, and that as you include prayer into your everyday life, as you allow it to saturate into every day of your life, that God would seep into those places where you prioritize him and that he would change them, grow them, that you would see him in him, that you would see him in answered prayer, that you would see him as he directs your steps, that you would see him as he gives you a rich and a full life, as you stay connected to the vine, that you would be able to rejoice always, that you would be able to be thankful in every circumstance and that it would become easy to pray constantly, man, because it is in prayer where you experience the love, the fellowship, and the grace of God. I want that for you. So let's stay connected. And maybe this morning you need to consider this. Maybe you've never been connected. Maybe you've checked a box and you think you're good, or maybe you've never truly given your life to Jesus. Man, you need to do it today. Because it's only through that connection, it's only through that salvation that you experience this. And so this morning, we're gonna, we're gonna worship God and we're gonna, we're gonna pray. You can't do a prayer series without praying, so we're gonna pray at the end of service. And as the band's singing, I encourage you to pray. Be connected. Pray for those areas of your lives. Pray for that saturation in your life. And then there's going to be communion down here. You come down when you're ready. You take communion. You take it back to your seat. You pray. You worship. You thank God. But if you've never experienced that, if you've never given your life to God, make today that day, okay? I want you to know him in his fullness. I want you to know him in his richness. I want, I want this to not be a religion for you. I want this to be a deep, abiding relationship. So may you experience the love of God. May you experience the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. May you experience the grace of Jesus. Father, we love you. We need you, Jesus. Move in this space today as we pray, God. We worship you and we adore you, God. I pray that you would inhabit the prayers of your people that you would come in this space and that you would meet with your people today and that we could say, man, I, man, that grace of Jesus, that, that love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, I, I'm not experiencing that someday or maybe one day, but that we will experience today in this space at the River Church on August 18th at 1130, God. That we would know you, we would experience you, we would find you, God. And I pray there's, if there's anyone in here who doesn't know you, God, that you would just get a hold of their heart today, God. And they couldn't help but give their lives over to a loving, kind, wonderful, gracious God like you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.